Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on for another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code BLEAV to receive your bonus. That's B L E A V. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. Welcome to the Believe in 76ers podcast. I'm Justin Grasso. And I'm Kevin McCormick. And this is a podcast dedicated to covering the Philadelphia 76ers on the Believe Podcast Network. Kev, yesterday was a big day. It was Monday. It was media day. The first media day since the 2019-2020 season. It was actually the first time that the Sixers allowed media in their training facility since March of 2020. That was the last time I was there. I wasn't there on Monday. Obviously, we discussed on the last mm-hmm. pod that I won't be there for training camp, but I'll be later on down the line in preseason. So you were there. You saw the players. You kind of got to mix it up a little bit. What was the vibe of the team for the day? How did everything look? How was it going? Actually, the the vibes were pretty lively. I mean, it was a good time. I felt going into it, there would be some kind of awkward tension because, you know, the, the Ben Simmons cloud hanging over their head, but right. it really didn't feel like anybody was that worried or, or concerned about Danny Green was walking around the facility <laughs> with a huge speaker and was yelling at people saying it was a party. Uh, Andre Drummond was another guy that was walking around all smiles. Tyrese Maxey, obviously just because that's just his natural personality. Even Daryl Morey himself before things started for, for some of the media that was there early, he was kind of joking around and just talking with guys for a little bit, even jokingly brought up that he wanted to do his availability early before everyone got there to get it done. But yeah, it was definitely a lively situation. Very fun to be, you know, kind of in person and in the mix. Yeah. And then I'm sure like, well, you probably got there like an hour early and then it all starts and then it probably all goes downhill because of the black cloud. That is the Ben Simmons trade saga. We've talked about it all summer long. So, you know, Everyone knows if you listen to Believe in 76ers, you know what's going down with the Ben Simmons trade saga. And at this point, Doc Rivers, I mean, he, he talked a, briefly about it last week when he was doing kind of his media tour. Uh, Daryl Morey spoke publicly for the first time. I think that's the first time since exit interviews, right? Yes, I believe so. Yeah. So they did a joint press conference and I don't even think Doc Rivers sat in his seat before a question came up. <laughs> about Ben Simmons and just like we saw last year really all season long but specifically in the playoffs Doc Rivers kind of snapped a little bit he had a moment where you know he's saying I'm running the show I'm the boss here and um you know it's confirmed at this point that Ben Simmons asked for the trade now we were led to believe originally that 
in Chicago at the um, draft combine. That was in June, I believe. It was like late June. That Ben Simmons reps met with Daryl Morey, Doc Rivers, and all of them. And at the time, it was said that they're trying to make it work out. There was no trade requested or anything. Well, Daryl Morey said yesterday, that's not true. Ben Simmons requested a trade almost, I mean, that's like almost immediately after the season ended, right? Yeah, it probably would have been a week, week and a half because, you know, the how the sped up timeline is that was the pre-draft stuff. Yeah, so, I mean, it's interesting because game seven, Ben Simmons finished and said, you know, I want to stay in Philly. This is where I want to be. And then a couple of weeks later, that's that's not the case. Yeah, it's not shocking. I would say that. I feel like uh, if everything was fine and dandy, there would have been no need for his agent to, to fly to Chicago and talk to the GM and president of basketball operations. So when Daryl kind of shed that light on things, uh, I don't think anybody there was typically shocked. I feel like the writing was on the wall, even though certain things were said in the public reports. But I kind of want to go back to the doc stuff because, you know, when he dove into that first question about Ben Simmons, he, he went on a whole spiel as he should have. But what's funny is at one point, he looked to the media and said, who publicly defended Ben more than myself throughout the season? And uh, the person who asked the, the question originally said, you know, you did it to a fault. And what's funny is that people think that, you know, Doc Rivers overly defended Ben Simmons, but are still harping on those comments that were made after game seven, which at best, they're indirect. Doc did not give any clear and concise answer. And no one should be held accountable for things they say after a grueling Game 7 loss after a series where they felt like they should have won. So it's funny to see that people understand that Doc was Ben's biggest supporter all season, but yet are still only trying to focus on one set of confidence and not the whole base of how Doc was with Ben all season long. Right, yeah. And just to piggyback off that, there I have noticed that there's kind of a uh a national narrative that doc rivers threw Ben Simmons under the bus. And I don't know if that's coming from people that just want to defend Ben Simmons, but that, I don't think like, first of all, that comment was overblown. We already talked about that. Oh, no doubt. That's not throwing Ben Simmons under the bus. That's just basically the way I read that when he said it was, he just lost game seven and he's actually not sure. He's just legitimately not sure if Ben can be a point guard on a championship winning team, because there was questions about, can this guy actually be a point guard in the NBA? So he just clearly had a bad series. So now, yeah, it's a little bit in question. Now, I don't know what doc's really doing with this whole, I, I meant to do it this way not that way. He doesn't need to do that. He can just simply say, you guys blew that out of proportion, and that's that. So I do find it a little weird the way he's kind of trying to go about this. But, yeah, to me personally, I think it's overblown. I don't think he meant to throw Ben Simmons under the bus. I don't think anyone should be taking it as that. And if Ben Simmons is taking it as that, then, I mean, that's a whole other story. Yeah, it's it's all just – madness and you know people trying to correct the narrative and even on monday doc Rivers still said that he still thinks the world of ben simmons he still wants ben simmons back and i really believe that to be true let's not forget while everyone harps on what he said during the second playoff series we can still rewind back to what he said in the first playoff series against washington when he legitimately said that ben simmons was a treasure 
and the the free throw issues were still there you know it was still all apparent and he still thought the world of of Ben Simmons and said he was a treasure in this league he's I think he still believes in his talents while obviously everyone's going to take it as they're saving face and trying to get Ben Simmons back in the building I still think there's a part of me that that really believes that Doc Rivers is serious and wanting Ben Simmons not only back just to you know conclude this trade saga but back to try and rectify things and keep him on this team moving forward I don't know what Daryl Morey's kind of stances on this I don't know if he actually wants Ben Simmons back for the sake of having Ben Simmons back and you know thinks that this can work or I don't know if he wants him back just to kind of boost his trade value to get something bigger out of him I agree with you I think that Doc Rivers does legitimately want Ben Simmons back but not to jump the gun on where I'm going with this but there's an article that came out today that kind of offered a little more intel that we didn't know about the meeting when Doc Rivers, Daryl Morey, Josh Harris went to LA to meet with Simmons August, I think it was. And they had a presentation for him showing that, Hey, these are the analytics, you know, when you and Joel play together, obviously Joel talked about it yesterday saying, listen, we win together. Like people think it's an awkward fit, but it's not. So Yeah, I definitely believe that Doc Rivers wants Ben Simmons back because why why wouldn't he? Like, you defended the guy all season long. I don't think Doc is some type of liar. Now, is Doc kind of still trying to save face with him and say, you know, oh, well, I'm only worried about his free throw shooting, not really his expanding his game? Yeah, absolutely. He's just trying to get him back in the building. But that meeting didn't work. And – the players tried to, I guess, salvage the situation themselves, assuming like, all right, maybe let's not send the guy that wanted to trade Ben Simmons back in, I don't even know, January, whatever that was. Let's not try to send Doc Rivers, who Ben Simmons apparently thinks threw him under the bus. Let's mm-hmm. go as a team. Let's try to make this all work out. And Ben Simmons said no. I mean, it's not shocking. And just the whole story kind of reminds me, uh, I forget what year it was, but remember when DeAndre Jordan was a free agent and it mm-hmm. was like the beginnings of Lob City potentially breaking up and like J.J. Reddick, Blake Griffin, Chris Paul, like they all pretty much locked themselves in DeAndre Jordan's house until he agreed to stay with the Clippers. It, it felt like that was going to be like the last stand of the Sixers with Joel, uh, Tobias and Matisse. But listen, it's a shame. I mean, I, I said it the last episode, if I'm Joel and Tobias, I feel some type of way about the situation because they, they've they been a trio for so long now. They've gone to battle year after year. They have some serious playoff scars that they've gone through together. And now Ben is just trying to abandon them and refusing to talk to them. I guess you could say at least Ben had the decency to tell them not to come, but the fact that he told them not to show up and he doesn't even want to give them a chance to say their final piece and maybe even rectify the situation. Who knows? Maybe if Ben Simmons has to sit down with everyone and they air everything out, that they aren't where they are now. I mean, Tobias Harris even said it during his availability that if he knew how everything was going to play out this summer, the day after game seven, he would have got the entire team and they would have went to Ben's house and just completely talked about everything and made sure everyone was on the same page following that game seven loss to Atlanta. So, I mean, it's a shame. My heart really does go out for the players being kind of just shut down as someone that you see as family, and especially the younger guys, because, when they got here, you assume that, you know, Ben is one of the leaders of this team. So now you're just seeing him sit at home and sit, like just kind of washing his hands of all this. It definitely is a, a tricky situation from a personal level. 
It's something. So when I see that report and then I see the one that came out today and I'm just reading more into this, the only thing I'm thinking is to the team that takes Ben Simmons, good luck. Yeah. Good luck. How, how in the world do you like this guy? He still doesn't get it. I mean, he, his, his thing is let's just get right to it. Let's just skip to it. (laughs) He's done playing with Joel Embiid apparently. And he said that it's nothing personal, but it's because Joel plays one way and he plays a different way. And Joe, what Joel's way of playing or how Joel should be playing is, is going to clog, basically clog up the lane for him because he doesn't want to shoot the basketball. So he's already confirming what we pretty much already knew that Chris Johnson is just basically promoting himself by putting out videos of Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons isn't going to do that. Ben Simmons is not bringing that to your team. Ben Simmons is going to do what Ben Simmons wants to do, which is make an all-star team. And that's that. So if you're a coach, good luck. I hope that um, you enjoy Ben Simmons just trying to drive and dunk if he even does that. And if you're a teammate of Ben Simmons in the future, good luck. <laughs> That's all I have to say on that. Yeah, I didn't get to fully read the the article yet, but in the headline it talked about something along the lines of uh, Joel Embiid's style of play is counter- counterproductive to, quote, the way Ben needs to play. And that verbiage right there tells you all that you need to know. Like you said, he is stuck in his way. He's going to play the way he wants. So whatever team that is acquiring Ben Simmons, I hope your center is cool with shooting six, seven threes a game because he's not going to have any room in the post. I And, and more just continues, I guess, to connect the dots of Ben going to Minnesota because I think it's clear now that Cat is the best center to pair alongside with him. But, yeah, when, he, when it said the way he needs to play, I mean, it's clear he is fully intent on playing the way he wants and he wants to be surrounded by pieces that elevate the way he plays and he's not too intent on adding or, or changing elements to his game to better fit where he's at. I think he's just if this is going to be a situation where he simply just has to go to a small market where one, he's not going to have to take on criticism because clearly there's something there. There's a report from I think it was Brian Winhurst said it that. He doesn't even want to show face of Philly again. And I joke and said, he's going to be hurt or load managing every oh, single yeah. time his whatever uh, future team plays Philadelphia. I'm, I actually really buy stock into that idea now. Sorry as a joke, but I don't think he can face these fans. Yeah. And there, no shot. He comes back. Yeah. I mean, the weatherman was calling him out last night. Like it's bad here. <laughs> Hurricane Schwartz <laughs> was out there calling out Ben Simmons before giving Philadelphia the weather. So it's just, this is an, it's an ugly situation. And it's funny because it's, it's been said that this was going to get messy leading up to training camp. It happened a little bit earlier than I expected, but I mean, at this point it, it really is. And it's unfortunate, but this pressures Daryl Morey to like, listen, man, you have to, I don't even know if you're going to find the middle ground. You're going to lose this trade. It just is what it is. I don't know. I still, I still think remaining patience is the best idea. I think a team is going to stumble out of the gates. Some front office they're they're going to get antsy, you know, their palms are going to get sweaty. Someone is eventually going to budge. And I think waiting until, I mean, maybe they lose out a little bit, but anything close, to a fair trade I think you take at this point because 
I think it's obvious Ben Simmons is, is not showing up and Tobias Harris was asked about it during media day. You know, do you think there's ever a reality where Ben Simmons shows up? And he, he pretty much said, you know, I, I don't anticipate him, you know, obviously meaning he's ben. not walking through those doors. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't anticipate him being him walking through those doors. So we just have to keep on going as is. And I mean, I, I feel like that's the best way to put it. And I think it's, I think it speaks volumes that the players have pretty much almost accepted that it is what it is. And Ben's not coming back at all. Yeah. And even, I mean, I get, I can't really read body language like that, but there's frustration. Like there's definitely like they say they're disappointed in the situation and all that, but we, I said it on the last episode, imagine being Tobias Harris right now. And the kind of heat that he took after, you know, his, uh, what season was that 2019 2020 mm-hmm. and he comes back stronger and it's kind of like he could have went and requested a trade and said hey like this isn't working out me and brett brown brett brown's not using me correctly and you know i'm i'm not a three i'm a four or whatever he could have did all of this stuff and he said you know what i'm just gonna toughen it out and come back and play for the sixers and then the one time ben simmons has to you know hit some type of adversity he's folding so, I, I mean, I, I sensed a little bit of frustration out of Tobias Harris, if not a lot. And it's just clear that he's just at this point like, hey, listen, if that guy doesn't walk in on Tuesday, he's not walking in at all. And at that point, don't worry about it. No one else should be worrying about it. You let Daryl Morey handle it. Don't read, you know, the headlines or whatever and let it be like this guy doesn't want to be here. Then I don't want to play with him. That's how and that's how it should be. I mean, he didn't say that directly, so <laughs> do not do yeah. not quote me on that. But there's indications of that, and how can you blame him, really? Yeah, and he also brought up the point that the team is in the situation now where they can't sit around and feel sorry for themselves. There's 29 other teams in the league that simply don't care that they're going through all this right now with Ben Simmons, and whether Ben Simmons is there or not, teams are going to come into the Wells Fargo Center looking to beat the Sixers on a nightly basis. So they can't worry about it. They can't sit around, you know, crying, hoping for the best or feeling, you know, sorry for themselves that one of their all-stars walked out. They just need to take it for what it is and prepare for this season as they're currently constructed. Right. So now it's time for, at this point, figure out the solution in-house. You can only control what you can control. Uh, Sixers got to figure out what is going to happen with the point guard position. Obviously, Doc Rivers on the first day back is not going to reveal what his master plan is here, but he made it kind of clear, like, you can figure it out. It's pretty easy. So we're on board here, right? Tyrese Maxey is probably the guy for now. No, I thought he was talking about Grant Riller. (laughs) Sixers Twitter might be thinking Grant Riller. Um, But... Tyrese Maxey, uh, I guess Shake Milton probably going to get some point guard yeah. minutes. I'm actually Team Shake, as crazy as it sounds. I... Well, listen, the, the funny thing is Shake Milton had a decent season last year. He just kind of fell out of favor. I think mm-hmm. they bring in George Hill, so that kind of that shifts Shake over, yeah. kind of cuts into his minutes, and then it also made it hard because Tyrese Maxey's playing well, so he's getting minutes. Then you have you have to throw Matisse in there, Furkan in there. So there's just it's one of those things where Doc is playing too yeah. many people. You need to decide. But if really before towards that, you know, late part of the regular season into the playoffs, Shake Milton played well. That's why after I think it was game five when the Sixers won and Shake was this unlikely hero. Yeah. I was like, 
he like we're acting like he mm-hmm. was I don't even know. Like we're acting like Grant yeah. Riller came in and started right. hitting shots and winning for them. Like, no, yeah. Shake Milton, we were talking, he could be a sixth man of the year candidate in the beginning of the season. So why are we acting like he's some, you know, guy that just some two-way player that came in and like hit a couple shots for once? Yeah, people need to to look at the whole picture. I mean, like you said, early on, Shake Milton was someone that people thought could compete for the Sixth Man of the Year award. And early on, he had a strong kick. If you go back and you look at Shake Milton's box scores from before he rolled his ankle on the West Coast trip in Sacramento, Shake, he was hooping. I mean, there was times he was dropping 25, 28 points off the bench like it was nothing. He really did have some lighted up moments. And it stemmed from the 2019-2020 season where he caught fire. And this is why I think he is – well, he, I think he should at least get first cracks at filling in at point guard for the season to start. As crazy as it may sound, I actually think Shake Milton is a slightly better fit in the starting lineup than Tyrese Maxey is. They give a lot of the same things. But listen, I think Shake Milton is a much better spot-up catch-and-shoot guy, and he's also someone that – isn't going to demand much and he's more of like a, a fill in the blank kind of guy. So I think if you put him into that starting lineup, him and Seth Curry can easily, you know, run the offense by committee. We'll probably see more point forward Tobias Harris as well. But I think if you put shake Milton on the floor around Joel Embiid, that it gives another, you know, knockdown guy that teams need to account for when he's on the floor and not to mention, this is just a short term fix. So you should go with the guy who's filled in with the starting lineup at times until the trade comes, because when Ben is likely traded, it's going to be for someone who's going to be the fifth starter. And that way, you can continue to groom Tyrese Maxey to be your sixth man. I think that's his long-term fit. I think that's where you can get the most out of him. And I think that while the Ben Simmons stuff isn't great, that you should continue to keep the long-term in mind with Maxey. This situation puts Doc Rivers in a serious pickle because this is the guy who we've all learned doesn't prioritize younger players sometimes. And he also David Springer. <laughs> yeah, no, we're not going there. He also was very, very like adamant on like Shake. I like Shake coming off the bench. Like same thing that he had with Dwight Howard last year. He was also had that with Shake. Like there's not really a situation where he wanted Shake Milton really in the starting lineup. It was mm-hmm. I like him being that spark off the bench. So it is interesting. And it's it's does does Doc think that Shake should be the spark off the bench or should Tyrese be the spark off the bench? So yeah. it definitely puts them in an interesting situation. Fortunately, that's what training camp's for. That's what the preseason's for. Um, this is an it's an unfortunate situation all around, just because like your point guard's holding out and he has years left on this contract. And this is just not a situation you want to be in. But like everyone's saying, you have to move on. You have to accept the situation. On Tuesday, the Sixers will finally accept that situation and we'll get on the court for training camp. You'll be around there. You'll be reporting it. So you need to follow Kev on Twitter. Kev, drop your Twitter handle. At KevinMCCNBA. And mine's at JGrasso underscore. And we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for tuning in.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.